I want to draw our attention to the first chapter of the book of Ruth. Uh, uh, we see uh, here in the first chapter that the Lord brings to our attention a family uh, here that is of Bethlehem, Judah. Uh, we see that there's a little bit in verse number 1 and verse number 2 that tells us about this family. Uh, we see that it is a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, and they've got two sons, uh, and they're dwelling in the land of Judea. But notice in verse number uh, 1 this morning, the Bible said, Now it come to pass in those days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. We see this morning that this is not the first time that uh, the famine is mentioned in the Word of God, but this is one of 13 famines uh, that is mentioned in the Word of God. We see the first uh, famine is mentioned in Genesis chapter number 12 and verse number 10 concerning Abraham. But I'm interested in the famine that we see here in Ruth uh, chapter number 1. Now we know this morning that this book is named after the Moabitess woman named Ruth. That would soon be uh, the great-grandmother uh, of King David. And before we get into the message this morning, we can see just in the name of this book that God can turn things around. Uh, we see that Moab was a country that has been cursed by God in Genesis chapter number 19. You know what happened when uh, Lot came out of Sodom, him and his daughters, and Lot dwelt in a cave there. And Lot's daughters said, there's uh, never going to be a man like our father. So they laid with their father there in a cave. Uh, and the Bible said that they brought forth children from their father. And we see there that they called one of them Moab. And we see here that that is where this line comes from. They're now leaving Bethlehem, Judea. And they're going to a country of Moab, a country that has been cursed by God, a country that is uh, full of sin, a country that uh, God is their enemy, a country where they do not worship God, a country that is filled full of sin. And we began to look at why would this family uproot themselves and go to a country of Moab. Well, we see that reasoning is because of a famine that God has put in the land. And we see here what we find in this uh, small family. And I want to look at uh, this family just in a few moments. But as before we get in, I want to get our mind to this family of a husband and a wife and their two boys. They, uh, their husband, Elimelech, has uprooted his family out of God's country and he's moved them to Moab. Uh, what I find in uh, Ruth chapter number one is uh, a family, a Christian family, a God family uh, that is running from their problems. Uh, I want to say today we've got many Christians that when problems arise in our life, we find ourselves running away from God, running in the opposite direction. I want to preach on just a few moments 
almost the danger of Moab. I'm sure Elimelech, when he uh, began to uproot his family while he was looking at the condition of Bethlehem, Judah, uh, that there was a famine in the land. The famine was God sent. The famine was sure challenge uh, the faith of Elimelech. The famine was surely be a fiery trial in their life. But as we look at this family uh, in their names, the name of Elimelech and the name of Naomi is a real important message of how God has blessed uh, this family. We see here that they are Ephrathites. Uh, that word there means that they was fruitful. They was fruitful in the land. So we see here in verse number one, we're not talking about a family that's uh, poor. We're not talking about a family that is away from God. But we're talking about a family that God has blessed. God has blessed them beyond measure. And I want to say today, the house is full of families that God has blessed without measure. I'm not talking about money in the bank or, 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 or nice automobiles in the garage, but I'm talking about our health this morning. God's blessed us beyond measure. I'm talking about being saved by God's grace. Being saved this morning is worth more than any millions of money you can have in the bank. I have to know that without a shadow of a doubt that you've been saved, blood bought, blood washed by the Lamb of God, that our sins have been forgiven, that one day we're leaving this place and we're going uh, to heaven, which is our home. Uh, but notice here, this family has been blessed. Uh, they are Ephrathites. Uh, they are fruitful. But then we come to their names. Uh, uh, the father's name here is named out in Scripture of being Elimelech. Now that name there means that God is my king. Uh, my God is my king. Imagine the meaning of this man's name. I'm thankful this morning that God is uh, king. If you serve the Lord Jesus Christ, he is king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, there's no other God out there. There's no other plastic out there. There's no other wooden statue out there that is king. Now, people may call them gods, but they're not kings. Uh, but I serve a living God today, and he is king of kings and lord of lords. Uh, so Elimelech names means uh, uh, my God, my king. Uh, and we come to Naomi, his wife, and her name means pleasant. Uh, so we see here that I find a family no doubt uh, that is uh, uh, living, uh, living for God, uh, that is in the center of God's will for their life. I look at their dwelling place. Where do they live? Uh, where do they dwell? The Bible says here that they are from, in verse number one, a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. That word Bethlehem is the house of bread. That word Bethlehem is where our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, was born to save the sins of this world. And they're dwelling in the house of bread. They're dwelling in Bethlehem, Judah. That word Judah means praise. Uh, what a better place to a family to root themselves than the house of bread. A place of praise in their land. In the land of Canaan, they are dwelling in a place for God's people. They're not out of the will of God. They're right where God wants them to be in their life. But something happens in their life. There's a fam famine that arises. There's a famine that arises in Ruth chapter number
number one. And we see here that famine, it makes Elimelech uproot his family out of the house of bread. It causes, it causes Elimelech to root his family out of the house of praise. It causes Elimelech to uproot his family out of God's place for God's people. I want to say when you leave where God's put you, when you leave uh, God's dwelling place in your life uh, by your own will and not God's will, it is very dangerous. And what I find here is that because of the famine, you say, well, preacher, why did the famine arise in the land? What the Bible tells us in verse number one, when this famine took place, uh, what time of what time and what season did this famine take place in the Ruth chapter number one? The Bible said in verse one, now it come to pass in the days when the judges ruled. We see here that a timeline is set out for us uh, uh, when this famine took place. And as I began to read and study Ruth chapter number one and look at this famine that they faced, I believe this, uh, this is no doubt that America is in the same position and the same uh, shape that, uh, uh, that, that Ruth, uh, that they was in in Ruth chapter number one. That what the days when the judges ruled, why did judges rule in Ruth chapter number one? Well, the Bible tells us this morning in Judges chapter 17 in verse number six, you don't have to turn there. The Bible said in those days there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which is right in his own eyes. I want to say the famine came because they didn't want to have a king. They didn't want to have nobody to rule in their life. They didn't want to be under authority of anybody. But they wanted to do what they wanted to do. They wanted to, they wanted to, uh, to do what pleased their self and pleased their flesh. And God sent a famine their way. Why? The famine was sent because God has been despised. They didn't want nothing to do with God. We're talking about Israel, God's people. The judges ruled in Israel for over a 400 year period. Did uh, Israel face uh, uh, judges? Did Israel wander in sin? Did Israel fall into sin? Uh, why? Uh, because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. They didn't want a man of God to rule over them. They didn't want God to rule over them. They didn't want no king. They wanted to do what was pleasing to their flesh. Is that not how America looks today in 2019? America don't want to have a man of God to rule over them, rule over their family. They don't want to have a king. They don't want to have anybody uh, to have any authority over them. They don't want to have anybody to answer to. But can I say this? Whether you want anybody to answer to or not, one day we're all going to answer to the Lord Jesus Christ. One day we're going to stand before Him. But we see here the reasoning for this famine. It is because God has been despised. God has been avoided, ignored, and rejected. Not only that has God been despised, but His Word. God's Word has been dishonored. And here, that why this famine, arri uh, famine arrives on the scene. I want to say if there's two, two things in this country 
that has been despised. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's one thing that has been dishonored, it is the copy of the pure Word of God. Nobody wants to live by the Word of God. We're passing laws in America that contradicts the Word of God. Things that God's done settled way back there. We're trying to override them. We're trying to do uh, what was right in, in man's eyes. We take the, or the, the Ten Commandments off the courtyard. We take it off our school walls. We take prayers out of the school. And what's going to happen one day, I do believe in America, is that God's going to send a famine our way because of the wickedness that is dwelling in the land. The Bible says this in Amos chapter number 8 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in a land not a famine of bread, not oh, nor, uh, or, uh, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. I want to say, if God sends that famine to America, it'll be worse than standing in line waiting for bread. It'll be worse than thirsting physically. But if God ever sends that famine to America, what He talks about in Amos chapter number 8, I want to say it'll be the worst thing that America has ever faced when they don't hear from the Word of God, when they don't hear from God any longer. I want to say what we find here in Ruth chapter number one is the famine has come up on the scene. But notice here about this famine, what has happened. We see here that the famine, no doubt, uh, was God's sin. The famine was chastisement for Israel's sin. I want to say, I see here, no doubt, a family that is God called. A family that is serving God. You say, how you see that preacher? Why you say that? Because of the outcome of their traveling to Moab. In verses 1 through 6 of the book of Ruth chapter 1, we find the removing from the land. They're removing themselves from the land of Bethlehem, Judea. In verses number 7 and verse, or verse 6 and verse 22, we find them returning to the land of Bethlehem, Judah. But notice here that this famine, famine always follows disobedience. But in this famine, no doubt it was a dark and dreadful time for all the people of God. But I want to say this morning that all through famines in the Word of God, we find no doubt that God takes care of His people. I'm reminded of 1 Kings chapter at number 17 about that widow woman and Elijah. There was no rain there for the space of a long amount of time. And God told Elijah to go down by the brooks. And He said, Is there, Elijah? Well, I will sustain thee. And God sent, and led him by the brooks of water. And God sent a raven by his way at the dropping bread and dropping meat. And then the brook run dry, but that don't matter. God had another plan for Elijah. God said, Elijah, there's a little widow woman down there in the land of, uh, in, in that land. He said, Go down there, she will sustain thee. When Elijah made his way to the city, made his way to the gate, there was a one a old little widow woman with two little sticks, and she's gathering something to make a fire to feed her family. She had just one son. 
husband. And she was a widow. She done lost her husband. And Elijah said, go, uh, Jesus, uh, go make me a morsel of bread. Go bake me a little cake. She said, as the Lord God liveth, I have but a handful of meal. They was in a famine. God's people was in a famine once again in 1 Kings chapter 17. But God provided for that family. Elijah told that little woman, widow woman, she said, first, he said, first, make me a cake and then make you and your boy a cake. And you know what that little widow woman did during the fiery trial in her life? She remained faithful to the things of God. She remained faithful to God's man. She remained faithful to God's word. And you know what the Bible said there in the latter part of that chapter? It said, and the meal and the barrel did not run dry. She lived off of a handful of meal for days and for months. Why? Because during the famine, she was obedient to God. During the famine, she was still faithful to God. And I want to say every famine that comes our way is the fiery trial. It's to help us build our faith and to help us grow closer to God. The Bible said this in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perish. I want to say what this trial is doing, what this trial, what this famine is intended for in Elimelech's life and for his family is to bring them closer to God. It's to bring them closer to God. The, the, the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that is perished. You can go you can go buy all the gold you want. I believe it's about thirteen hundred dollars an ounce now. If you got money, you can buy all the gold you want, put it up all you want, but it takes money. Can I say this about faith? Can I say this about serving God? No matter how much money you got in the bank, you'll never buy faith. Faith has to be experienced. Faith has to be given by God. That's why Peter said the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold that perisheth. And what God's doing to Elimelech and his family is trying to build them closer to God. But Elimelech and his family, Elimelech uproots themselves. Notice verse number, notice verse number one. Went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Can I say this? Elimelech never intended to stay there. You know what that word sojourn means? It, does, it means to be a guest. So he's thinking in his mind, it's rough here in Bethlehem, Judea. There's no work. There's, 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 no, there's no way I can feed my family. Then he looks down at Moab. Just about how Lot looked over there at Sodom and Gomorrah. He looked over there at Moab and man, that, that city's booming. There's work here for me to feed my family. So you know what Elimelech does? Like what many Christians do in their life when hard times come. Instead of turning to God, he turns to fellow man. Instead of turning to God, he turns to the world. And I want to tell you that there cost him, that there cost him more than he ever wanted to pay. I want to say when the famine comes in our life, we ought to make sure that we're faithful to God. We ought to make sure that we're in God's will. We ought to make sure that we depend on God and don't depend on this world. I want to show you what will happen 
in a Christian's life. I'm not talking about those that are lost and undone without Christ. I'm talking here's what happens in a Christian's life when they get out of the will of God, when they begin to depend on this world, when they begin to depend on man to supply the needs in their life. They went down to Moab. We're, we're Moab's enemies of God. Here's what happens. Notice verse number 2. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malan and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judea. Notice what the Bible said in verse 2. And they came into the country of Moab. Now notice what is interesting about this in verse number 2. In verse number 1, the Bible said they went to sojourn just to be a guest, just to be a guest for a little while. I want to say this, I want to say this, it's, it's harder to get out of sin than what you think. Christian, it's easier, it's harder to get out of sin than what you really think. It, it, it's very easy when things are hard at the church house. When things are hard in a Christian's life, you say, Preacher, I'm not having no problems in my Christian life. I say, you better check up. You better check up. I want to say, this ain't a bed of roses, but it's a fight all the way to the end, being a Christian. And notice here, when those problems come in our life, don't turn to the world. Why, Preacher? Because it's very easy sometimes to turn to the world and say, I'm just going to sojourn for a little while. I'm just going to visit for a little while. And then notice verse 2. And in verse 2, and they came to the country of Moab and continued there. Notice in verse number 4, and they dwelled there about 10 years. 10 years. I, I know people that I know people people that said I they they just wanted to try one little thing of alcohol. Ten years later they're an alcoholic, they're a drunk. Here, this will make you better, and they try one line of heroin. Next thing you know it, they're on their deathbed. Next thing you know it, ten years later, it's done cost them more than they want to pay. And this here's is what happened in, in this Christian home, in this Christian family. Notice here what happened. In verse 3, and Elimelech, and Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. He was the first one to die. We're not sure when he died, but it may have been as soon as, soon as after they moved to Moab. Why? Why does it record that he died first? I know this here definitely ain't popular in 2019 in America, but back in those days, and it's still the way I believe it, that the man was the head of the house. God gave him full authority on how to lead his family. You know what he said to Naomi? We're leaving. Pack your bags. We're gone. God said, that's all right, big boy. When you get to Moab, I got something for you. And he dropped dead. Why? Because he led his family out of God's will. He led his family out of God's dwelling place. So God took him out first. Naomi's still here in the land. Notice in verse number 4. And they took them wives. Here's what happens, parents, when we dwell in sin. Our children will dwell in sin. They, they, they now seen their daddy lead them to Moab. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to marry two women of Moab. The Bible talks in 2 Corinthians, don't be unequally yoked. That's what they're doing. Why? Because their father led them to Moab. 
Notice here, and they took them wives from the home or from the women of Moab, the name of the one or from the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelt there about ten years. In verse five, and Malan and Chilion died, also both of them, and the women was left of her two sons and her two and her husband. They dwelled there longer than they wanted to stay. Verses one through five is the removing from the land. Verses 6 through verse number 22 is the returning to the land. Christian, Christian home, Christian family, be careful when you get out in the world. Because it may happen what happened to Elimelech. Now we'll read verses 6, 7, and I'm done. Notice here, then she arose with her daughter-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. Can I say this? Moab benefited her none. Sin will never benefit you as a Christian. If you can prosper in sin, you're not a child of God. You'll never prosper in sin as a Christian. Moab didn't prosper them. Well, why is it prospering all them other ones? They're lost. You wonder why you wonder why these big cities prosper? They don't have God in them. You wonder why some people prosper and some people don't. I'm not sure about all that, but most of them getting their heaven down here on earth. I'm telling you, I'm waiting to get mine. They're, they're dwelling in Moab. Notice here that she might return from the country of Moab, and she had heard. In the country of Moab, how that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. Ain't this like many Christians today? She only wanted to be around God's place when things was going good in her life. When things was going good back at the house of God, she wanted to be there. When things was going good back at where God placed them, she wanted to be there. But when things got rushed, she wanted to run from God. They wanted to get away from God. Notice here in verse 7, wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was. Now notice here, she went with her husband and her two sons. Notice how she's returning back to the Wherefore she went Forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-laws with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. She lost a big portion of her family in sin. In Moab, lost a big portion of her family. Now I want to say this this morning: the danger of dwelling in Moab. It'll always take more than you're willing to give. It'll always take more than you're willing to give. Why, Naomi, she loved her husband. She loved them two boys. But Moab will always take more than you're willing to give. So where are you dwelling this morning, family? Has the famine gotten to your home? Has the famine got to your house? If so, if not, when it does, how are you going to react? 
You know, I believe there's no doubt if Elimelech and his family would have stayed in Bethlehem, Judea, God would have provided all of their need. My God shall supply all of your needs. Now, Elimelech may not have gotten to have the Porsche out in the driveway or drive the Cadillac or have the big pontoon to go down to the lake while the famine was going on, but God was going to take care of his needs. God was going to take care of his need if he would have just stayed in Bethlehem, Judea. I want to ask you this morning as we're standing all over the building, this may not have been a homecoming message, but it was what God put on my heart. When the famine comes, there's a lot of sorts of famine. In a Christian life. But when the famine comes. Will you say Lord give me the strength. To trust you. Give me the strength. To continue to look upon you. Give me the strength Lord. To turn to you.